Welcome to Push to Shout 91, the 91st episode of Push to Shout. This is a podcast about video games. We're going to talk about movies mostly, and probably one video game at some point. Uh, Skippy, what's up? Uh, I watched a movie. Oh, really? You did? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Want to talk about some it? video games too. Hold on, my, the podcast is running in the background here. Okay, we're very professional. Um, I did play some video games, but I'll talk about the movie first. Uh, Room? Not the okay, room. yeah, that was the, the new one from last year, right? Yes, not okay, the room. Right. Not the not room. Not the room. Wait, no, no. There's a big difference. Oh, yeah, the room is Tommy myself. Wiseau. You, you, you gotta turn me down. The room is to Tommy Wiseau. Professional. Room is the Oscar nominated film, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, they both deserve an Oscar, but only one is nominated. Understood. Uh, yeah, it's about a woman and her child who have been. Or really, it was the woman kidnapped, and then she had the kid while on, in captivity. And all the kid knows is, like, he thinks the room that they're in is the world. And it's kind That's of told from up. his perspective, kind of. And it's really fucked up. And, um, God, it is really, really impressive. I, child actors are always terrible and annoying. Always, without exception. But this child actor was not terrible and annoying. He was good. Um, good child like, actors, they scare me. It, like, it, how can you get in that, that place when you're that age? It's crazy. Like, he's obnoxious in the right ways where he's supposed to be obnoxious because he's a child. And believable. And just, like, I forgot that I was watching a kid acting. And so, like, at the end of the film, I was like, holy shit, that was really good acting. It, it's really impressive. I mean, and the, the woman's really good, too. But, like... Yeah, that's that is the takeaway from this movie, in my opinion, is like, holy shit, the acting is really, really, really good. Um, it's also just kind of an interesting little, I don't know, psychological uh, drama thing. I don't know what genre to put it in, but the first half of the, the thing takes place in the room and then spoilers, they escape. And uh, the second half is like him reacclimating himself, or not reacclimating. Seems like a pretty for big the first spoiler, time actually, acclimating but... himself. No, it's not. I mean, okay, that's what right. the movie's about. That's what the movie's about. I'm pretty sure in the trailers they spoil it, because um, that's yeah, that's what it's oh, okay. about. It's is a him like then. is him like being suddenly thrown into the actual world? Because um, yeah, it wouldn't make much of a movie, I don't think, if they were just in the room the whole time. But because uh, because yeah, like the whole point is that is that it's it's crazy for him to suddenly be exposed to what the world actually is when he actually had a tv in the room but she told him that everything on the tv was fake and that there was a tv world but that it wasn't real and da, 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 you know like that kind of thing um so it, uh, it's really interesting i i recommend it it's good it's pretty depressing um <laughs> it ends on a good note but it's it's dark obviously considering the subject matter but uh but good so there you go I saw a bunch of Japanese garbage. I saw One Punch well, Man, the entire show. So that's an anime, which are yeah, you sure you okay. might you might want to reconsider the garbage uh, comment? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know anything about it. I liked it a whole I've lot, actually. Watch it. I liked it okay. a whole lot. It was animated very, very well. Very exciting show. 12 episodes, doesn't overstay its welcome at all. Legitimately funny, and not in a way where it's making jokes... But just the premise of it is it is ripe for humor. There's a guy... What is the premise? There's a guy who's bald, and he is the strongest man in existence. 
He is stronger than anyone, faster than anyone, invincible. He got that way by doing 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups, and 100 squats every day. And that's how he became God, and no one can touch him. Meanwhile, everything else around him is like Dragon Ball Z, like just people powering up, and they have elaborate names for all their techniques, and they're all trying to be like their own unique kind of hero or villain, and it's like every character trying to be anime. has a speech about their origin, and he tells them to keep it under 20 words, and he just gets bored. His trouble is that every fight ends in one punch. He is so powerful that any encounter with any foe, one punch, it's over. And there's no excitement. And he is basically becoming disconnected from everything. He feels nothing anymore because everything is effortless. And uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. And very, very well animated. It manages also to take that premise and not burn out. Because it seems like there's not a whole lot you could do with that. But he winds up being heroic in other ways that are legitimately interesting and, and well done. So I recommend that show, One Punch Man. But okay. I'm, I'm late so to the party on this. Show. This was like a big deal last year. But uh, yeah, about a year ago, yeah. Yeah, not garbage by any means. Really liked it. Um, so okay. yeah. But blowing that out of the water comes a beast from the bay, Godzilla. I saw Shin Godzilla, man. I saw Hideaki's how was, how was Shin Godzilla. How, how was Shin Godzilla? Godzilla. Uh, it was incredible, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. You haven't seen it, I'm assuming. No. All right. I won't spoil it because that would be bad. Uh, it. You've seen Eva, though, and I imagine lots of people watching have. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like Eva, obviously, um, but subtract out the elements that are like Shinji is special and there are Evas and... Anything that elevates humans to have some kind of edge or, like, inroad right. to start breaking into this crazy thing happening to them, take all that away. Strip that out. You just have a society of regular human beings dealing with an incomprehensible, terrifying creature. And that word, terrifying, is what really needs to be emphasized here. This is a chilling movie. Um, Godzilla in this movie is legitimately terrifying. He is not like an evil creature. He just comes out of the water and he starts walking through the city. He's not wrecking shit. He's not roaring yeah. for no reason. He's just walking. But walking, for him, destroys everything around him. So it's a real problem. And uh, I don't want to spoil where this movie goes, but it goes places. And um, I, I don't think anyone who even has a taste for Hideaki Anno or monster movies anything like that if you have even the slightest inclination toward that stuff you will absolutely love this and even if you don't i think it's appealing enough that everybody could get into it and um it manages to be exciting all the way through even though a lot of it are just like conversations in boardrooms and conference rooms that's what a lot of the focus has been on they almost treat godzilla like a natural disaster rather than like yeah. an evil creature they're trying to fight so they like organize evacuation plans and uh, a bunch of different government organizations cooperating, like giving each other approval to do Eva stuff. Eva has a lot of talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there are so many direct rips from Eva, like shot for shot. <laughs> yeah. um, there's even this, I guess, is a minor spoiler, but it made me laugh out loud. There's a song that is directly taken from the Eva soundtrack. 
and you'll know it really? instantly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, not the same song. song. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> but uh, there is a song that is almost note for note from Eva. It like breaks off slightly midway through the song, but you'll know it immediately. It's the one that goes boom, 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 oh, yeah. boom, boom, boom. That exactly even, is. Yeah. It's in the movie. Well, that was ripped off. That was ripped off from the uh, James Bond uh, from Russia with Love. Was it? One of the James Bond theme songs is that exact fucking. It is this. I'll show you after the podcast ends. It's the same. It, 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 I mean, it's a ripoff. I think it's an homage, but like, yeah, it's it, it is that. I don't know. Maybe they have the same source. Maybe that's like some classical piece that I don't know about, but that I know that they're the same. It, um, but yeah, that's like a really noticeable. It one is too. like the instrumentation is identical to like everything yeah. about it is exactly the same. Um, but there are also like songs from the original Godzilla movies. There are completely new songs that are, they add so much to the scenes that they're used in, and I don't want to say any more than that. What, um, what if I told you I've never seen a Godzilla movie? I had, I've never seen one either. Okay. It's the only Godzilla movie I've ever seen. Um, okay. I don't really have much of an interest to go see other ones either. Uh, I don't know the, if they could the ever be this good. The Cranston seemed, seemed decent. It looked, it looked interesting. It got okay reviews. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know like what the whole appeal about Godzilla necessarily is even. I mean, I get it, but like it's a thing. There's so many Godzilla movies. It's insane. I read the I've chat during the podcast issue uh, Hetsu. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. You've seen okay. a good portion of what? I've seen a good portion of I don't know what the title is, but the one where they build the Mecha Godzilla. Hmm. I've seen a good portion of it. I haven't seen the whole movie. I forgot where I saw it too, but I saw it. I remember them flying yeah this is the thing and <laughs> it was ridiculous this is all hearsay about the first movie but i heard that only the first movie really had like a sharp political angle that the rest of them were kind of silly but that very first one which was less than a decade after the bombs were dropped you know godzilla was a very obvious metaphor for nuclear war and destruction and mm-hmm. This time around, the plot is essentially the same. Godzilla comes out of the water. People have to find a way to stop him. But the angle is totally different. This time, it's very much about like Fukushima, how the government responded to that. And it kind of broadens out into a less narrow, because that is a very Japan-centric issue that won't really resonate with most Western people i yeah. mean you, you get it but it didn't happen to you so right but uh they also sort of take it down the road of what is japan's place in the modern world because the u.s wants to like help kill godzilla and you know everyone in the world they they have their eyes on japan and they want to kind of take that fight away but they uh you know it's mm. it, it goes places and it actually Does has something still... to say which is the more godzilla than i've thing... heard you can say for most godzilla movies Okay, the whole Godzilla thing is that he draws his power from electricity, right? Isn't that like the thing? No, in this one, like he, that's why he comes out of he's the radioactive because of the electricity. He's radioactive. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that has a tangential relation to like electricity with Fukushima and everything. But I think like the original Godzilla was a. I don't think it was necessarily a bomb parable. I think it was, or maybe it was still a bomb parable. But the idea was that like as Japanese society became more and more industrial. The electricity drew him out of the water. I think that's the plot. I'm not sure. Uh, we, we neither of us have seen Godzilla. Maybe I'm just talking on my ass. But anyway, yeah, that sounds that sounds neat. Yeah, I, I'd and like to see that, they I waste guess. they waste no time 
immediately they get to the point there is Godzilla no, comes out. <laughs> no fat in this movie, even though there is a yeah. whole lot of talking. I've heard people criticize it for the scenes where people discuss what to do about Godzilla, but those were some of my favorite parts. First of all, because they were all shot so interesting that it was mm-hmm. just a pleasure to see them. Um, there's just like a whole bunch of... It's very obviously directed by Anno. You can tell. He just does a whole bunch of unnecessary shit with the camera that winds up working like he uh there's a scene where they're like putting together all the parts of this like planning room where they're gonna really crack down a special committee on how to take on godzilla and so they have like a whole bunch of copiers wheeled into the room and just recycle bins everywhere desks and laptops set up and they get a chair out and they give you this angle from the perspective of the chair wheeling around like the it's just an office chair, but you get an Sounds office chair POV, uh, and that's the like, last two seconds. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that in this movie. It's just really interesting to see where he's going to put the camera in any given scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and really I, I great like, time I like watching stuff, this movie. I, I always like stuff where, as long as it's well done, the talking stuff is always, like, I think a lot of people are still, will still have that mindset. Just people have always had the mindset of, if I if the movie's a monster movie, I, that's the part I want to see is the part with the monsters and the talking stuff. You just got to get through. But I, I like the talking stuff. I like. It sounds to me like it's um, well, a non comedic, but like the Doctor Strange love style of like, what do we do about this problem? And I yeah, mean, that Doctor Strange love is actually I, I like a great that. comparison um, for yeah. the scenes where they're actually discussing what to do. There's lots of weighing. What does this mean for us if we choose to do this? Or yeah. Um, but it balances all that out with some of the most spectacular action you'll see. All I right. mean, te- on a technical level, it's pretty cheap, shitty CGI. Not gonna lie, but uh, yeah. they they spend the money well. So there's some shots that look downright awful. Like, oh my god, why would they put this in a movie? But they se- they seem to have spent the budget in a way where they put it where it mattered. So there'll be like a scene of a helicopter taking off and it's like almost like a Grand Theft Auto 5 helicopter. Like it's really like a, close yeah, up to the camera. Command and Conquer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that sometimes. But it it all works out when you got Godzilla standing alone in a completely dark city just glowing slightly red almost completely still and silence. Like the, yeah, it's it's that's, a good movie, yeah, that a damn familiar. good movie, uh, and right. it's only in theaters one more day. You can still see it tomorrow, yeah, but I only tomorrow. I, I think I've I've probably missed my opportunity. You probably have, but I'll still I still be able to see it. There's always ways. Um, just not that theater experience. Not yet though. Not not ways yeah, yet. No. I know the ways you're referring to. There are no ways yet to see it. I understand. Uh, the uh, other than movies, what have you been doing? Yes, uh, so further tangential from video games, I won't talk about this too long. Went to a concert, DJ Shadow, Skippy, you would have hated it. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun, though. Um, cool. Yes. That is a problem. But, yeah, I mean, the concert was... <laughs> I did play a game none of you have ever heard of. It's called... I don't know if you... Uh, is that that first-person shooter? It is. Sixty-six has, has a way of eating your time up. It can do that. I think I've heard.
I probably junk junk Junkenstein. I think I've probably played about that much as well. Uh, Give me some time while I tell off. I'm glad that that mode is on the hard difficulty. It's actually incredibly hard. Yes, I haven't beaten hard yet. I haven't either, and I was very impressed with that. Like I was like, I, that was not what I would expect from that game, because it's such, a, yeah, it's such a casual babby. You know, everyone is good, and everyone should be rewarded. But but on that hard mode, I don't. I got past the second Reaper. Well, there's the second. The second Reaper comes out, and then another Reaper right after him, and that's where I always. That's that's as far as I ever got. Um, I still there's beat, there's a huge amount of strategy. But I've gotten five everybody like one push. Um, not that far. Little micro strategies would never even crop up in an actual game. Kind of exploiting the character interaction. Like Anna, yeah. we we worked it out that when Reaper comes, you have to have Anna put him to sleep, and then you need McCree to kill him. With his alt. Yeah, but don't do it while he's asleep. Exactly. You know why? You need to start earlier, that it has time it, to charge up. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 if he's asleep when you when you hit the dead eye, it only does half damage because it doesn't count as a headshot. Really? So you need to you yes. need to wake up. Okay. Yes, he has to be awake, and that's that, that got that got us for a while. I I had this group that I was kind of working with consistently for a little while, and and the McCree. It took him forever to figure out that, yeah, you have to charge it all the way up, and you have to do it at one second, or else you're not going to do all the damage you can do. And he would also he also had a habit of hitting the McCree thing before the enemy spawned in, which means that that's just a waste of damage. And he didn't, like, understand the concept that, like, no, you have to be aiming at their head, and it charges up damage. But um, that, that was annoying. He was... I was playing with random people. But, like, we, we formed a group because we were like, okay, we at least want to beat this one hard. There was this one guy who, he, it was, nothing was ever his fault. It was always someone else's fault. It was, like, the classic Overwatch obnoxious person. I don't know why I kept playing with him. I guess I was just determined. But um, he was awful. He was, he was really terrible. And then he quit. And after blaming everyone else on his team multiple times, even after we established that he was playing McCree objectively wrong... And he agreed, but still didn't, still didn't really blame himself. He was just like, oh, I see. Uh, he quit and said, he said, this, this game, this game is, uh, it's broken and it's, it, it's, for, it's for grandmasters only and, and we can't do this and it's just not even possible. And, and also it's, it's not using it's the possible. Overwatch mechanics right. And it feels it's possible. possible. It does. It feels achievable. And, and, and yeah, he just couldn't, in the end, he had to blame the game because he, he couldn't blame his teammates any longer. He definitely couldn't blame himself, so it was the game's fault. And that was my experience with it. Uh, it but yeah, yeah, it's definitely achievable. You just have to have everyone coordinating. I, I wish Hanzo wasn't in it. He feels like such a waste. And he, it, I, I think really his role skill has to be... Well, what do you mean high skill barrier? You're saying he takes a lot of skill to play? If he's not getting... Well, I'm saying on the hard mode, you... I feel like a good or bad Hanzo is going to make or break it because oh, yeah, he yeah. has to be making those headshots and shit consistently yep. because he can do so much damage, but it's hard for him to do damage. Unlike the soldier, it's relatively easy to, to just do the right. damage you yeah, need yeah. to do as a soldier. Hanzo, he, if you 
it takes a while to fully charge an arrow. So your Hanzo yeah, half realistically is going to be, well, you know, in terms of shooting, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, for him to kill one of those bombardiers, zombardiers, I think they're called, uh, he needs the one headshot, ones. which is instant, gets him, yeah. or like three, four normal shots, body shots. So that little amount of time that it would have taken to kill it, you multiply that by four, and you multiply that by however many zombadiers are on the map and then you have the potential to really save your team a lot of grief or yeah. basically subject them to an artillery strike while they're trying to work the with the rest of the enemy is that so, yeah hanzo's hugely important he's he's important but he doesn't can't coordinate very well with other with the other team like basically yeah. you've got anna and mccree have the strategy where it's like when the elite comes you have to use coordinate those two and then the soldier and the hanzo are just kind of there um the soldier is I, like I just, the best healer I found. Just keep mashing. He's e. pretty effective. Yeah. yeah, you can just put it down in the. But 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 still, it just feels like those. Like in comparison to Anna and McCree, they're just kind of there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like the character choice might have been a little questionable. Um, but I like. They probably could have picked some more interesting way, combinations. I, I love the way the enemies spawn in and the camera zooms up to them and introduces them, and. I, I, there's just a lot of polish in that game. It's, there is. it's a very polished game. Especially because this is just a fucking, seasonal game mode. Yeah, I, I considered actually doing more content for Push to Shout, but I'm too lazy and <laughs> it's not worth it uh, because the subject matter is not all that interesting. But when when the camera pulls out of that snapshot mode of like showing who just spawned in and it comes back to you, the HUD... Maybe it does this anyway when you join the game, but I have never noticed it until now. The HUD, the way the HUD comes in is like so intricate and detailed. Like every little bit like animates onto your screen and like activates and your little character portrait like flickers into life. And it's just like the amount of detail they put to that tiny, tiny little thing. And it actually adds a lot because like it gives you that feeling like, okay, I'm back in control. Mm -hmm. I, 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 thought about, I, I thought about writing a whole thing about it, but then I didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun with it. I like it. I don't necessarily think it's the best uh, implementation of that concept. Like, I feel like they could have done better, and I think it would have been mm -hmm. a lot more interesting if, and maybe they'll move towards this. Maybe this is kind of almost like a beta for them, but like, it would be a lot more interesting if you could choose characters to, as part of your strategy. And like, yeah, like I think that's how like Team Fortress Two's. Man versus Machine, which is the predecessor to this, obviously. Yeah, that's the um, obvious comparison. And that is yeah. far more intricate just because, well, yeah. one, it's a much more fully featured mode with different maps and just more content. But you can choose any class. You can work in whatever combinations you want. So, and lots so going I think on that's there. what they need. That's what they need is, like, the ability to actually choose a class that you want rather than the same four. Um, yeah, but... it, it seems like a difference in the approach that they're taking. I mean, the, the basic concept of the modes, like taking the multiplayer shooter that you have and repurposing it for this co-op kind of challenge, that is obviously the same premise. But this is like a, a seasonal little fun throwaway thing. It's It's like... I know that the hard mode is legitimately challenging, but still it's just the same every time, essentially. And yeah. really, I have no desire to play it on easy or medium ever again because that is no, like a cakewalk every time. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Man vs. Machine, I never really got too into that, but like, I can see the value of that as an ongoing game. I think they need to sink more 
into a mode like this and then make it like a fully featured thing. I have a feeling, considering the amount of effort they clearly put into it, which is more than you would expect for like a quick little seasonal thing, but also less than you would expect if it was a full mode, I feel like it's kind of a beta test. Like, here's our concept, mm -hmm. see if it works right, see if people like it. And uh, from what I've seen on the internet, it seems like people like it. So yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see where, where they go with it. Um, it's definitely cool. Because they have, they have the technology. That was sort of the hook, <laughs> that was sort of the hook that got me back into um, playing the main game. I wound up playing like a a dozen or so more games of the actual Overwatch I didn't. proper. Um, it's still fun. Eh. <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't know. I just uh, I'm actually working on another video. This one's just a short sketch. Uh, I I got myself in a wheelchair and like a, a chemotherapy sort of hat and like blanket and uh it's what ha that's what happened to me when somebody uh told me gg easy after a game cancer jokes uh, no no it's not actually a cancer joke i i became crippled emotionally but specifically was that cool you needed chemotherapy i i call it, okay you know what i'm gonna give you cancer myself uh um, but yeah it's overwatch but i i observed more so than ever, like, just the biggest pieces of shit playing this game. It just is yep. getting to me. It's getting to me. It's man. terrible. Like, the guy you were describing, lots of guys like that out there uh, in this game. Um, people who will demand that you switch characters. It doesn't even seem to matter who you are. Or the people who instantly lock in Hanzo and just don't contribute <laughs> or even make an effort to contribute. I don't know. It's a multiplayer game. I don't really expect better. You froze for me. Everything all right there, pal? Oh. Well, Gippy's dead. Or maybe it's me who's dead. I don't know. It seems to be Skippy. Oh well. Um, I guess I'll just keep talking about Overwatch then. <laughs> um, I started picking up terrible habits. I am now completely self-centered whenever I play that game. Um, I haven't played competitive in a long time, but I'll basically just... Uh, If somebody's irritating me and they ask me to do something, I'll just be uh Mumble, really belligerent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just be really belligerent and give them shit for no reason just to upset them. Okay. What's up? Did you lose connection there? I'm guessing so. I can't even hear you in Mumble. This is real bad. Real dire. I don't want to get into talking about Red Dead until you're you're all situated here because he's sad. But I can't hear you. You damn fool. You ever take a really juicy shit that just leaves you feeling Like you made something worthwhile. 
That's how this podcast feels right now. I wish I could talk more about Shin Godzilla with somebody who has actually seen it because it's not of interest to people who haven't and I also don't want to spoil it but nobody's fucking seen it anyone outside the United States I've talked to has not seen this damn movie because it's only getting this limited run here and then even here it's still hard to see so few and far between have I found anyone who's You've seen this movie, but I'm gonna give Skippy another call. See what's up. This is really disappointing. Yeah, Europe sucks to be in Europe. Just generally, but also specifically in this case. Okay, so I'm just going to assume Skippy is dead until he tells me otherwise. Um, in the meantime, I don't know. what Chat. Just you and me chat. All one of you. Let's, let's chat, chat. I think Skippy forgot to pay his uh, electric bill. I cut off completely. Well, you are the expert. What's the worst place in Europe to live? Let's talk developed Europe here. Let's not go like Poland or like Turkey. Let's developed Europe, worst place. And why? I'm gonna go with Sweden's the camera world. I don't know. I don't know shit about Europe. I am gonna keep watching Monogatari. I finished Baka Monogatari. Nisei Monogatari is just uh, a slog, honestly. It is not keeping my interest. And uh, I don't know if it's its fault. I know it's not directed by the same guy. I'm just gonna put myself up on the screen then. It's not directed by the same dude, Akiyuki Shinbo, and it shows, like, it doesn't have really the creative juice that compelled me through Bakamonogatari. It's just generally not as well written. Um, it seems more gimmicky. Um, like, it's a lot of the, 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 the flair and the style that added to Bakamonogatari um is it seems like that's all that was preserved like the i don't know i, I feel ret retarded today honestly i can't talk i feel cloudy really not feeling well like it's legitimately upsetting me <laughs> that i couldn't uh talk about shin godzilla like a non retard Anyway, I guess that's what uh, burning out all day at a big boy job does to you.
Sorry, it looks really oddly well-directed, but it's still harem bullshit, and I still don't care. Um, it's really not. It seems more to, uh, take a jab at harem anime than it actually is one. Like, for example, there's, um, this obvious lolly chick who, uh, is just a cute schoolgirl who wears cute skirts and shit. And there, it's not like it's not suggestive. It doesn't suggest anything. It beats you over the head with it. Um, every time the main character greets this little girl, he just viciously molests her. <laughs> he just runs up behind her, starts grabbing her, like touching her in every which way. It's like teehee, I ruined her purity. Um, and then like he gets smacked or something, or it, yeah, she bites him. And uh, it's all played for laughs, like it's all cute. And then he's like, "Huh, guess I shouldn't molest people anymore." It's funny. It's I don't I don't exactly know why, but that is funny to me. Um, just because it's so over the top, and it works. There's um, there's something about that show that sets it apart. A harem deconstruction? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I also liked the... For how unrealistic the rest of the show is, I liked how emotionally realistic the ending of Bakuman Atari was, where that other... that Spoilers here. That other girl was in love with him the whole time, and all of his uh, harem escapades just kept hurting her more and more. And, uh... There's no real happy ending there, but he just learns to be understanding of that and nice, as they say in the show. He just needs to be nice and and be able to see that. And with that, looks like Skippy's going to crash our anime party. And here I was, having a nice conversation with this chat about anime, and you have to show up. Here, I'm going to have to... The webcam up, there we go, and I'll drag you in, and we golden. Hello? Hello. I only I had, had to restart, restart my computer, computer like six, six times. times. What happened? Did you... no, no idea. idea. Okay. I, 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 so, the, 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 whole, the, the, the left, I have two monitors, the left monitor went to a blue screen that I've never seen before, that said something went wrong, and we're sending an error report, and then that counted up to 100%, and the computer restarted. And then when it restarted, the internet connected for a second, and we connected the call and everything, and then it disconnected. Uh, and then when it disconnected, I couldn't close out of Chrome. I also couldn't hang up the call, even though the call wasn't connected anymore. I couldn't access my internet options. Everything was locked up. And then I had to restart like two or three more times to get all that shit working for some reason. So hopefully it'll keep working. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. How was, how was hosting the uh, podcast alone? How did that go? We talked about anime. Oh, God. So that's how it went. <laughs> but uh, I managed um, to get out of that that uh, weird, muddy place that my head was in. I don't know. I was having trouble talking about anything, and I think uh, I got it back. I got the spark back. So let's roll. Okay. Uh, I think I have another video game to talk about. Do you? Yes, I do. What? Yes. Uh, you know I love my Sims. Yep, uh, Light Sims, The Sims. 
my my latest thing has been a flight sim. I downloaded the free version of DCS World. Well, the whole thing's free, but you have to pay for the individual modules depending on what plane or helicopter or whatever you want. But it comes with two free ones, the P-51 Mustang, which is a World War II fighter, and the SU-17, a Russian jet. This means nothing to me. Like the Cold but... War. Okay, well, now anyway, it does. Yeah. Uh, it, I thought you were so, going to keep listing so, letters and numbers. DCS is primarily known for the A-10. You know what that is? No. You know that plane? And then the... It shoots the big gun on the front. People who know, <laughs> That's, know okay. what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a big... Big plane, a big lots of firepower. Okay. It has a giant minigun on the front. The Vulcan Raven carries the minigun that the A-10 uses. How okay. about now? Now do you know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, no, big, solid, I get, man. I got the big gun part. Uh, it's a big gun, and that's what they're primarily known for. Because what they did, these these game developers developed the simulator that they use to train pilots. The military uses to train pilots, and they made a deal with the government. They said, "Hey, what if we make a video game out of this? Can we do that?" And the government apparently said yes. I mean, they probably changed some stuff and kept some stuff classified and whatnot, but. Basically, it is a full simulator of the entire plane. All of the systems and subsystems, everything is simulated. You you get in the cockpit, every single switch and knob and button all do, do you something. Control it. You, you click you, on you, the button. Like, what do you do? You can so like if you've only got a mouse and keyboard, you have to move the camera around with like the numpad and click with your mouse, which is pretty inconvenient, obviously. But um. But if you have a joystick, then you would use the joystick in conjunction with a keyboard and mouse and set keybinds. Well, the keybinds are already set, but you can set them yourself if you want. But set keybinds for the stuff that you use a lot so that you're not having to look down and actually like click them with your mouse. But you make, you fly the plane with a joystick and, and use keybinds for everything else, and you're good to go. So, um, but there has in, a, in an actual plane like that, there has to be more knobs and switches than there are keys on a keyboard. Oh yeah, sure. But but I mean, you can always do like control and then a key, and then control shift oh, and a key and okay. key and left alt and a key and right alt and a key. And it, there's plenty. Uh, okay. They figured out a way. Plus, you're not using most. Most of those switches are like so rare that you use them that you can afford to just look at them and click them. Um, especially for like the startup procedure stuff. Like if you're starting from cold on the runway, then you can just look around the cockpit and do the switches that way. Because um, you don't need to, like, fly oh, You get to actually start the plane up like an actual plane. Hell yes! That's okay, the best all right. part. That's the fucking best part, because you're, I haven't played it yet, and I want to. I, I'm probably going to wait for it to go on sale and then do it. But, like, say you've got an Oculus Rift or, or, just, or just the track IR where, you're, like, you move your head and it moves the camera in the game. Um, you look around in the cockpit, and you're flipping switches, and the engines are charging up, and the you flip a switch and the lights come on and you flip another switch and the computer systems start turning on and everything activates and it's awesome. And, uh, and so they've also got a fully interactive cockpit for the P-51, which is a much simpler plane because it's World War II. But, uh, but it's still got a little bit of a startup sequence. You know, you have to push this lever in this place and, and flip these switches up and then the generator kicks on and then you flip this switch up and then you hold this one for a few seconds and then you turn the fuel on and turn the ignition on and then hold down the ignition while you change the fuel setting to another setting and then you throttle it up. All sorts of shit. And I love that shit. I'm all over it. Uh, and then you fly the plane, which is fun too. Uh, and I'm sure there's like peripheral setups where you have real knobs and 
chokes and people have spent a lot of money to get the real experience you can see like setups where they have all the panels with actual metal switches that actually correspond to the stuff in the game um hotas makes a uh, a version of the stick and the throttle that you can get for your home sim experience and it's like three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty dollars, something like that. Is and, Hotas uh, a company fancy. I should be familiar with? Like, do they I make real Hotas, aeronautical? I think Hotas actually makes the joystick in the A10, and they just okay. made a consumer version of it. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's the setup. But um, but anyway, yeah, that thing's got a bunch of switches and knobs on it and stuff. But you know, it's only like five percent of the total amount. But Sims, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Sims in general don't interest me all that much, but I really love seeing people's complete setups when they go full overboard with them yeah. like i would love to see somebody have like an actual cockpit room in their house where they just they definitely ha- exist i'm sure they actually have physical parts of the plane around them too in some cases mm-hmm. like an actual pilot seat and a, like a door it's basically a co- yeah, yeah a cockpit just in their living room yeah um that definitely exists i think um but i think like with with oculus rift and stuff being a thing Jeez. You don't really need that anymore, really. I mean, I, obviously, it's nice to have the tactile switch and everything, but Oculus Rift with a chair that like tilts and moves and a harness, one that can yeah. go full inverted. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Put that in your living room. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's but, some but, millionaire out there who actually will do that. I've seen racing setups with hydraulics where it moves mm-hmm. around, and I've seen that in a house. I mean, not in person, but I know it exists. Um, so yeah, people people definitely go overboard with that stuff, and it's great. Uh, in fact, I was I was looking at videos and stuff of the DCS thing. I kind of went down a rabbit hole on YouTube, uh, and there's a very large flight sim community that subscribe to online services that have air traffic controllers, where they they do air traffic control in the game, and so like you taxi really? your runway and you say like. Uh, this is 892 Delta Bravo holding at runway one. And then the ATC guy comes over to your microphone and gives you clearance and tells you where the other aircraft are. And it's all multiplayer. They go, they get serious with that shit. They'll fly in formation and stuff. Who wants to be the, each other the, on the air traffic controller? I think they get paid to do it. I think that you pay oh, really? for the service and they get paid to do it. Yeah. I think they're actual like the air players. traffic controllers that do that as a job. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's That's nutty. It's some serious shit. Yeah. And it's I could never do that. I I could no, never get that into. But it's it. awesome. I love but it. Yeah, I'm a, I, I appreciate people some that. people do that. I yeah. bet I bet a similar thing exists for Train Simulator and I bet it's oh, even it crazier. God, there must be it's Train Simulator and it has to. Freelance Bomers. Uh I don't even know what you would call people who I don't like, manage I don't know the lingo. The flow the only, of the only, metropolitan the only train, train lingo traffic. I know is Foamers. Foamers are the guys who stand next to the train. Yeah, foamers is the is what the train people use as a term to talk about the autistic people that take pictures of their trains when they go by. They say, "Oh, there's a foamer coming up." What what is it? Does it stand for something? Oh, a foam. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that real lingo uh, that people use? That's foamer? real lingo. I know someone who worked as a like a train conductor and stuff, and he was like, "Oh yeah, foamers." I, I was like talking about like a funny video of look up New York train guy and the New York first train result. guy, New York train guy okay you will not be disappointed by that video um but that's a foamer it's a foamer it's a thing to me it kind of seems like <laughs> people who use the word foamer are probably part foamer just to well, be in that much to know 
Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's it, they're actually it's, like yeah. they're doing that eight hours a day because they're being paid to do it and it's their career. So they they they're allowed to use their lingo. Uh, and the flight sim people maybe not so much. Although I think a huge amount of them, maybe all of them, are actual pilots that to some degree, mm-hmm. and they just can't get enough of it, so they have to go home and do it. It's um, probably a lot safer. Or it obviously is a lot safer than <laughs> flying a real plane. Recreational, but... or it's a whole lot cheaper too. Even if you go all yes. in, it's still a whole lot cheaper, obviously. But I think also, like, I saw a very short, like, ten-minute documentary. I couldn't tell you what it's called, but um, it was about the community that is built around LAX uh, air traffic controllers, where they actually live in a parking lot. They have a bunch of campers and shit, and they basically live in the, like they have homes. But for like their work days, they'll live in the parking lot, and a bunch of them have full setups in their rigs, computer rigs in their campers, and they play flight sims and stuff in there. It's a thing. That is a. Uh, I've gone intense. down a lot of YouTube holes, okay. and uh, this is where I end up. <laughs> On a similar note, it seems like trains have something about them. Much like Shadow the Hedgehog or Pokemon <laughs> that attract wrong. the same group. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yes. kind of high-functioning autism. What, what do you think that is? Like, what is it about trains specifically? Is it the order I think, of it all? Like, they, they follow around a track and there's machines? Yes, or... I think that's one. So, so trains, I've thought about this. I was actually talking about this with someone last night. Uh, trains... I think there's a few factors that go in that, that make the perfect storm. I don't know. I couldn't tell you why Sonic. Maybe a couple reasons, but Sonic, I don't understand how that became a thing. But at least trains, trains you've got, yeah, you've got the order where it's like timetables, tracks, schedules, rules, speed zones, all that stuff. You have to know Physics. the signs. I mean, it is perfect for autism. And then on top of that, you're... you're you're running this giant machine that has an insane amount of power and weight and is just like a behemoth and kind of an amazing feat of technology. And it's a very complicated piece of technology too when you talk about the train engine and there's a huge variety of them and then they all have numbers associated. <laughs> I, I just think it's, I think it's the perfect storm. Okay. Um, and I, and think, I could see I think Pokemon that being that way too with just all the numbers on numbers. Yeah, sure, Pokemon. I, I, Sonic, I don't know, though. Sonic, I don't know. Sonic goes fast, and that's cool. <laughs> but... I can't really explain I, but, but maybe maybe that's just a complete stereotype. I mean, they might not be the same sort of autism I think they're the same sort, but they not, might not necessarily be the... Uh, they might not be overlapping in the Venn diagram, but they're definitely the same sort of people. Uh, but then you don't get that many of those kind of people. Like, you look up flight sim videos... And the people are really sociable. They're, they talk with each other. Yeah. They're always on in communicate, and they, and they're they're normal people with a very specific, crazy hobby. Flight um, sims, I guess. If you're play, if you're playing a flight higher, sim, then you actually need to fly the plane. A train yeah, sim it requires such you're a not high level of entry. Exactly. What kind of train piloting do you really need to do? I mean, it's mainly setting everything up, and you know, it's. The actual act of moving the train forward is not all that complicated. It's not very complicated. I'm sure that they would argue otherwise, but I don't think it's quite like starting up and flying a plane. Uh, yeah, just a little bit different. This is, yeah. Uh, we're but, psychologists, and, and this is all expert opinions. So Now, in these flights, quote in, us in your journal. 
this is what I'm interested in a little bit because I've never played a flight simulator. Well, I actually have played like Microsoft Flight Simulator X and Crashing the Ground immediately. Played again. Sure. But uh, where do you fly? Where do you go? It depends. So in DCS, that's a, it's called, it stands for Digital Combat Simulator. So obviously you can do missions and stuff, and that kind of opens up a huge world of like where do you go, what do you do. Um, and that's kind of the stuff I'm more interested in because having an actual mission is way more interesting than usually with flight sims, people are just setting a course. They're saying, I'm going from this airport to this airport, and they just fly it, and it takes it to 20-minute flight or whatever. Uh, I think what a lot of the times they do is they set little challenges for themselves. Like they'll say, I'm just going to use instruments this whole flight. Instead of trying to visually find the runway, I'm going to set my route and do it by the instruments. And maybe they'll even make a low cloud level where you can't see the ground. And oh, so, okay, so you can like play with the weather conditions and all that. Yeah, obvi- that yeah, yeah. Cool. You can, and you can make a nighttime thing, which makes it more challenging, that kind of thing. That, okay, uh, but for I the could... most part... I could see that as being like a really cool challenge if I was into this kind of thing. Yeah. Like set the uh, visibility very low, rain, Definitely. wind, all your instruments failed, now land, land on that runway there. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's kind of what I like to do with the traditional flight sims. I mean, I haven't played them a ton, but I can fly a plane. You know, I, can, I, can, I know the basics. And, uh, and what I would generally do is say like, okay, my left engine went out. What do I do? Uh, and that's more fun than just flying from... I think... I think why a lot of them like the, the airport. To air, I, this is a different kind of, of psychology, but we're going to delve into this too. I think they like the airport to airport stuff because it's routine. And I think, I think pilots love their routines. They love to go through their checklist, make sure everything's proper, follow the procedure, and do their little routine and do it perfectly. And if they mess up anything, it bothers them immensely. And I, I think they're all perfectionists, you know? And so like, having a successful airport to airport thing where your landing was perfect and you didn't screw anything up and you communicated your stuff to the ATC all correctly. I think that that's part of the appeal. Um, Some, not to uh, interrupt, but somebody in the chat actually made a valuable contribution to this conversation, believe it or not. They cracked the code on why Sonic is so popular among autistic people. Um, your camera cut out, so I'm not sure if you're still here. Yeah, and I'm not going to turn it back because right. I think that could have been part of what caused the problem last time. So I'm just okay. going to keep that goofy face on. Just pretend that's actually my live video. So I'll just kind of summarize what he said here. Uh, he says it's the same reason that Homestuck, My Little Pony, and Toho are also huge with autistic people. Because they're very okay. colorful characters with barely defined personalities other than being the fast one or the tough one. And they let people project anything they want without being out of character. They're very OC, fan content, fan fiction friendly as well, where you can just make crap up and it's plausible because the actual characters are so bad to begin with and so (laughs) flimsy that they, you know. So yeah, I I think that kind of works. Like they're very template-based. My Little Pony, those characters are also very template-based. It's like this one, uh, her favorite uh, thing to do is being a friend and... Yeah. color is blue and that kind of thing where you can just fill mark. in the blanks uh, exactly exactly here's the pony mark here's the yeah so the template <laughs> I, that makes the sense. structure it sonic oc is very structured and so is my little pony and so are trains so i think we've, yeah. we've i also think found I our think unified theory of all everything autism specifically with my little pony i think also the uh the very 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 simplistic morals yeah, that too. Uh, S- same with Sonic. Is like, 
is like if if you have a if you have a social disorder, then it's perfect to have like these very very easily defined characters and like you know exactly what their motivations are and how they're feeling and and you know what their relationships are with each other because it's all so simplistic. No, it's you, for children. you're you're completely wrong because Shadow the Hedgehog is such a morally complex oh, character. You right. will never you're understand right. him. You will never understand his deep inner darkness. That's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, theory broken. Um, yeah, but thank you, Dead Star Paradise. I think that actually is that was that what was it is. very insightful. We've been. This is a very insightful disaster of a podcast. And uh, and we. I've talked a lot about autistic people tonight. This is not meant to be disrespectful. <laughs> it's you know. It's something you can see. I think we both know very many autistic people, and we love them very much. Yeah, Skippy, love you. Uh, I love myself <laughs> oh. too, though. I'm I'm a strong oh. proponent of self love, if you know what I mean. So I think I think we're all in this together here. Um Do you want to talk about our one piece of news? Do you want to just get down I think to we should. I think we should. again? Yeah, yeah. So big hap. Big hap here. I guess a big hap. I think I think everyone knew it was. I think coming. it's a big hap. Because when was the question? It now was about the right time. <laughs> you go you go for it. Uh, Rockstar has been posting cryptic pictures on their Twitter. Uh, the first depicting their Rockstar logo on a red background, black on a red background, which instantly draws to mind Red Dead. And then the second one was very obviously Red Dead Redemption, not Red Dead Redemption necessarily, but Red Dead whatever. Uh, cowboy hats, revolvers, etc. So obviously they're coming out with a new Red Dead game, or at the very least making a PC port at yes. long last. That's that's really where the question is for me right now. I, I think it's pretty obvious they're making a new one. I don't think they would do this if it yeah, was just I, a remaster. I, it, but I really I mean, hope that they go for the one-two punch. I hope they go Companies for... Companies have teased like this before and then turned out to be a remaster. Which I guess that's true, uh, but Rockstar seems to know Bandicoot. this stuff better. Yeah, you're right. I think Rockstar... I think you're right. I think it's a They know better than to I'm do that. Still, I'm still shocked that that Sony had their press conference where they started the Crash Bandicoot music and they made the stage look like Crash Bandicoot and they came out and they announced Crash Bandicoot remasters. And that Crash Bandicoot skins for Skylanders. That they, that they could do that and think that that would go over well. Anyway, uh, yeah, probably another new Red, De- Red Dead. I'm staying pessimistic. I'm not getting my hopes up. I don't think that there will be a PC port of Red Dead Redemption to come along with this. I think they're going to do the exact same thing they did with GTA V, and we're going to be either a year or two out from the release. It's going to come out on PC, and we're going to have to buy it again. I think... Okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to play the other side here. I think that Rockstar has figured out how to do PC. I think they put a lot of work into that GTA V port, and they're not going to... Boy, did they. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to have to completely duplicate their efforts. I'm not sure what the state of like Red Dead Redemption... There was talk... That because Rockstar San Diego, the studio that made Red Dead Redemption, closed, that it would be just a monumental undertaking to try to port that to yeah, PC. Yeah, there's a lot of conjecture around why you can't bring right. it to PC. Exactly, but nobody really knows. So yeah. I, my my hope, I guess, I don't know if it's really a suspicion, more of just me hoping this is true, that they've they've put something together, some kind of framework for the PC, where they it's possible for them to remaster that that way without duplicating much effort and without costing them all that much so i think they would love to sell people red dead redemption for 60 bucks and i bet you that that's going to be huge on ps4 and xbox one and pc they would do it for every 
every next-gen console, just like GTA V. So that, I think they would love to make some money there, for sure. So I guess it's the optimal cynic, not optimal, optimistic cynic here saying, I hope that they are remastering it, because it would make sense. But it yeah, would make sense. on top of that, I'm pretty excited to see what the sequel is. I wonder what they're going to do with it. Because they're probably, here's what I think, and here's, this is based off of a very short amount of speculation I read. Uh, people are saying it's probably going to be a prequel, and it's going to follow the gang that John Marston was in. Probably not center around John Marston, because that's not Rockstar style, to like carry over a character. But, um, but that it would be his gang, you know, 10, 20 years in the past. I don't, I don't think they would. It can't be a sequel. Because the West... Well, right, yeah. The West they, is dying in Red Dead Redemption. In like 1911, and like, the fact that they even made it look like a Western was a, very, it was a stretch of history. Uh, it, it didn't really make sense. But um, yeah, That far West, really it kind of did. It, it, it was such a... It felt like you were really on the border of not just the country, the but of the time. Story. Yeah, it all yeah. fit so well. I really hope that they have some kind of similar... Um, similarly compelling setting because Red Dead Redemption would not be as interesting as it was if not for it happening like at the like the dying death rattles of the West. Yeah, um, it was a legitimately interesting setting, and 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 everything kind of circled around that idea that like yeah, it's the world's changing and mm -hmm. John Marston's being left behind. Um, but I don't. I mean, they obviously can't do that again. They did it. Right. It's done. And if you make it a sequel, the world has changed to the point where making it a western would be weird. Yeah, I think unless it was a, unless it was a sequel that took place like a year after. But even then, like I said, like they were already stretching the limits of history there. With like you're at the very end. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think it will be a prequel. And I don't think it'll I don't think it'll feature like the, I say prequel. I don't think it'll be. It'll be very, very tangentially related to the Red Dead Redemption plotline because that's how they do GTA games. It's like every once in a while there'll be a cameo character that carries over, but like it might as well be a completely different world. Um, you want so. you want my uh, out there stretch prediction? Okay, here's here's a prediction for you. It'll be like a a Grand Tetons kind of setting, almost like those mm. winter parts in Django. Or um, yeah, or a hateful eight, something like that. I think they might do like a. It'll still be western, but it might be in like a mountain setting. It it won't be tumbleweeds skipping across the the great plains of the. That would the southwest. be fucking amazing. I I you know what I, I'm I, I'm putting I, a I hedge really there. I don't know if right. I'm putting all my chips there, but I'm hedging that. I mean, but but the counter to that is that Red Dead Redemption the world was so constricted that that was part of the world. It was a very small part of it. But remember, there was a mountain with snow on it and pine trees and stuff. Uh, I guess, yeah, I'm not talking, like, the whole place is, like, a snowy tundra mountain area. But I mean, like, a kind of foresty, yeah, mountainous getting away from the setting stuff. in general. Right, like, less desert, I think more... if they did that, though... I... I mean, they could focus more on it, but I think if they did that, they would still have a desert region. Oh yeah, the map. They, they I mean, will. The It'll be bigger. It's legitimately quite large, and uh, and there's room to to make different regions. I mean, they had plains yeah. and the pines and desert and Mexico and all that stuff. So, 
Especially I'm when you're traversing excited. it all on foot and horseback, they managed to do a lot with a smaller space than yeah. GTA Five has. I'm one of the many, 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 many people who truly believe that Red Dead Redemption is possibly the best game of the last, like, ten years. It's a fantastic game. I cannot overstate how good it is. Um, so, I really disagree. Excited to say the least. <laughs> you're you're yeah, not wrong. Uh, like you can't take that statement and say no. You're definitely full of shit. I mean, yeah, that I mean, there's that is a legitimate contender. And it's a fucking great game. I still the what do they call it? The mysterious stranger mission. That is just one of the best things Rockstar has ever done. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And especially how how it fits into the rest of the setting. That that's the really only out there out there kind of thing, and it. They they wrote the whole thing so well. They could have gone a totally goofy direction with it and and made all that stuff uh, it, foreground, but yeah. it's just one tiny piece that you can miss. And damn, what a good game. And yep. I really hope that they're remastering it. The biggest reason is because I don't want to have to like hook up my 360 and dig that out because I re- really would love to play that again. Yeah, I've thought about it. I so I still have my three hundred and sixty. I, I haven't turned it on in years, so I have no idea if it even works. But I definitely still have my three hundred and sixty and my copy of Red Dead Redemption, and I've thought about it many times. But then I've always thought like I would turn it on and play it once for a couple hours, and then I wouldn't play it again because um, that's how yeah. that goes. But a remaster, but I would finish. A remaster, I would play all the way through. Even if it, even if it weren't even a remaster, even if it was just released on the PC, I think I would finish it on the PC. Yeah, um, just to play it again. All right. Well, very excited about that. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, I, I assume like they're gonna probably like release a picture a day for a week or something like that, and then come out with a trailer. They need to drop so, a word or two at some point. I mean, this is working now for sure, but uh, eventually the there works. will be a word. There will be a trailer because they actually, I mean, they announced GTA Five with a with a an in, an engine trailer. That yeah. was their announcement. So. They have a trailer ready. I, I can almost guarantee it. Um, oh, yeah, obviously. They, they, they would not jump the gun here. There's a yeah. reason it's taking this long and they're doing it. I do now. wonder if it's two or three years out. I bet you GTA the sequel... three years out. The sequel, I bet you, is two or three years out. A remaster I could see within a year. Yeah. I'm going to bet, and this is my prediction, trailer comes out either end of this month or November, and... Uh, Probably, I, I think Trevor comes out within the next seven days, and then I think uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, at, at the very least, a, a date for the trailer comes out in the next seven days because they love to do that teasers for trailers. Um, and then the game comes out in exactly two years, like November two thousand seventeen. I mean two thousand eighteen. Um, that would like be a my prediction. Timetable also. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on those. I'm with you on those calls. Those those are our those are our big calls. Write them down. Put them in your calendar. The reach call is... Oh, wait a minute. Before they did any of this, they uh, announced a Red Dead Revolver sale for PS4. So I guess Red Dead Revolver yeah, is on cares? PS4 before Redemption is. I've never played Red Dead Revolver. I've heard people rave about it, uh, but that's a completely different game. Yeah. Is it even open world? I, I've, no, I don't think so. I think it's linear. Um, I... I it's been a trend for the last couple of days with this stuff coming out of people running around on all the social networks saying everyone, well, actually, this is the third Red Dead game, not the second Red Dead, because everyone keeps saying Red Dead Redemption 2 or Red Dead 2. 
I want to punch all those people in the face because it's like it, it, Red Dead Redemption was a game on its own. It just all it took was the name and not even really the style of just Red the Dead vague Revolver. Setting. Yeah, uh, the design of the main western. character. I it's guess it's a western too. with the with the name Red Dead, and that's it. That's the, that's where your similarity similarities begin and end. I'm so. looking at some of these screenshots. This seems to be a game about shooting people as a cowboy. There are bosses with health bars. Yes, you do. Pig do that. Josh. You shoot a lot of people. It's I think a there is like a dead eye system thing. of some sort in it. Like I think you like you shoot hats off of people, or you shoot them in the head all in a row, or something like that. So I think there might have been a predecessor to to Dead Eye or whatever. But um, I remember when that game came out, and people were kind of like it wasn't it wasn't a universally acclaimed game or anything, but like people were kind of excited about it because it was something pretty different. I mean, a Western, and the gameplay was kind of weird, I guess. What is that? What is it? That is an, an actual screenshot. I'm going to put it up on the stream here, too. That is an actual screenshot from Red Dead Revolver. <laughs> is it like a dummy? Yeah. He's Manny Quinn. <laughs> there he is. The official mascot but, uh, yeah, of Red I, Dead 3. And I do think it, I do think it, I think it might have been a, like a comedic kind of game, too, but... um. I mean, judging by that screenshot, but but yeah, no, it's general, just I very think... obviously a much different game from Redemption, yeah. and I haven't played it, but almost definitely inferior. I mean, it, it, not to its fault, it is definitely <laughs> almost definitely an inferior game, but yeah, Red Dead Redemption was just amazing. So yeah, that's that's exciting. I'm really really excited. So uh, ending they a PC port, it will be like. Like uh, you know, Last Guardian was a pretty big deal, but I I got into the I got into uh, Shadow of the Colossus very late, like in the last few years. Mm. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was a big deal, but that's another one where I got in really late. Uh, Shinmu, I don't care about. So this would be on that level of like, holy shit, it's finally happening for me. Like Red yeah. Dead Redemption on PC is something I have waited for since the day it came out, and. Uh, it could happen. It is within reach. But I'm not expecting anything. I'm just being hopefully You have to let yourself be disappointed, Skip. <sighs> Otherwise you'll never about... you'll never be happy. I'm, s- I'm still recovering from Metal Gear Solid Five, so Yeah. Well On there is note, no recovery from that. No, there isn't. There's permanently scarred. Uh but on that controversial note that uh, Red Dead Redemption is a good game, I think. That about exhaust the haps this week, unless you can think of yep. anything else. Nope. nope. Uh, oh, here's one thing that I just have to mention because it's fucking absurd. Uh, you know the Smash Summit? That tournament? It's a Smash tournament. I know it exists, It's an invitational tournament. It's put on by this esports group called Beyond the Summit, and they do this event for other esports like League of Legends and Dota and stuff. And they've been doing that for years, just recently started doing a Smash. And there's always a sponsor at these events. And you know the kind of attitude that esports has. They don't want to say the fuck word on stream. And they try to, you know, they have a keep it clean kind of thing going on, generally. Um, That's also been true. They can, but it's always, like, kind of restrained. Uh, And Smash esports is that way, too. Right, exactly. Smash Esports has been that way also, where people watch what they say on the streams, they don't make any overt references to drugs or alcohol, or they try to avoid it. Um, Well, the third Smash Summit event is officially, primarily, 
powered by weed maps. And weed maps? Weed maps. And weed maps is exactly what you think it is. It is an <laughs> all-in-one app that lets you <laughs> that lets you forage nearby weed and weed dispensers. <laughs> And it uh, is like a, an encyclopedia of all the different weed around you, like how much it costs and what the strain is, all that I mean, that's not bug. edgy. It's all legal. It's all... Yeah, it's all legal. It's all totally fine. Um, uh, yeah, that's... It's very that's funny, cool. especially because, like, the Smash community in particular has tried to uh, avoid that kind of thing, but they must have got offered a shit ton of money or something, because... Last time yeah, they were pretty said, uh, embarrassingly sponsored by an energy drink that was like just some electrolyte kind of scam. They call it like brain fuel or some terrible thing like yeah. that. And they were pimping it every three seconds. Like they have one big sponsor at these events. And this time it's weed maps. So. Yeah. Someone in chat mentioned Brazzers. They, they did sponsor an esports team. They really? Or oh, are no, continuing oh. to. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember it's, what I thought it was. I think it's Uporn. Oh, it might be Uporn. Or it might be both. Maybe they started competing but it was it was definitely you porn now, now one of my favorite ganons in smash his name is um bizarro flame he was the official you porn the team yp player and uh they're, because they're they wouldn't YP. let them put like you porn as the yeah. name on the stream they have to do what everyone knows everyone knows and like the jersey because all these esports people they get their custom jerseys with their handle on there and some more like sponsors of just assorted stuff and the yp is like made out of penises oh my god <laughs> it is it's just funny it's um good for them yeah so long story short go you porn let's have a good you porn year um i'm voting team yp this election good night